0: So I really, I really like Baron Faker.
1: Well, save it, Jules. <laughs> oh, okay. What do you guys think of the
2: iPhone 10? Is it is it the iPhone 10? Yeah, the iPhone X, Mac OS 10, Mac
1: OS X. That's the thing. They everyone says iPhone. It's supposed to be the iPhone 10, but it's called the X, like OS 10, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know though, because I think if you see an an X and an 8 next to each other, the 8 perhaps doesn't look quite as old-fashioned, yet at the same time it is the 10 versus the 8, so obviously 10 is better than 8. So by changing the way that they're actually displaying the numbering system, mm. they're basically saying, you know, this is... The, this one is newer, this one is better, this one is different. But at the same time, they're not saying, but 8 looks incredibly out of date because it's 2 less than 10. I don't know. I, that, that's my guess. I, that's, that's my guess.
1: The idea behind them skipping 9 for this is that, well, one, it gets, puts them on a different naming band, and two, it's tomorrow's iPhone today, so they've skipped 9.
0: Uh, yeah. I Why do they
2: do that? Why do companies, like Microsoft did that too.
0: Right. Loads, loads of companies do this loads and loads and loads of companies do this all the time. It's, it's not really, um, it's not just Microsoft and Apple tons of companies do this. Uh, but, but I think it is quite, uh, quite an obvious one was with windows 10 where they jumped deliberately to make seven look, uh, older, uh, um, right. because it does that. That was a deliberate thing. Um, and my guess I may be wrong is that, um, With Windows 10, it is the idea is that 10 is going to be around for a while. So we've had multiple versions, many releases of Windows since Windows 10 came out, but we haven't had an 11. And I would not be surprised if they did another, you know, iPhone 10, iPhone X um, after this one, because like, are they just going to have X uh, once? I I don't think so. There's going to be like an XS or something. There's it's going to be more than just this is the 10th one, because it's... I mean, it's not even... Even if you think about the numbers, it was, it was the first one was just the iPhone, and the second one was the 3G, and then a 4, mm-hmm. is that right? So the numbers aren't even... They don't even mean anything.
1: There's the 2G, the 3G, the 3GS, and then the 4, if I'm correct.
0: 2, 2G is just the iPhone.
1: Yeah, the original.
0: Right. Yeah. and then a, And then a 3G. And then a 3G. And then a 3GS. And then a 4, so really... Those numbers don't make sense.
1: No, I mean it's a bit of a rocky start in general. But I think I think yeah. there, there is going to be a nine, though. I reckon there will be a nine of the the update. Oh god! The you, eight. You, you,
0: no, they they cannot make another iPhone that looks like an iPhone six and call it an iPhone nine. They have to stop with this.
1: I reckon they will. I reckon they will keep that band just for just for a little bit, just to have that that the two separate you know yeah. lines.
0: It's funny to me because obviously the iPhone 8 now must be significantly cheaper for them to manufacture because they've been doing it for a very long time. Yes, I know they've improved the internals and everything else and and the outside, to be fair. Mm. But the tooling is very similar to the tooling that they had before. The 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 overall dimensions, what they're doing, they're just refining a process here. So it's getting cheaper and cheaper every time. The 6, the 6S, the 7, 8, uh, they're all the same basic design now the fact that they're making another one of those an eight and and not calling it like a a 7s or or a seven something else but calling it an eight and then also having this new one that has this new user interface and this new design are they saying that they don't fully believe in the new one they i mean where can they find a way of bringing that new user interface to the older devices Maybe they don't believe in it that much. I don't know. Wait, you mean they Tomorrow don't
1: believe th- in the the X or the ten?
0: Yeah, I mean with this I weird. No,
1: i I've, I've I think the if they just had the the ten, then they would have a problem with sales and being able to deliver that many phones if if people were to buy them.
0: Yeah, because so, obviously the manufacturing process is specifically geared to making the the six, seven, eight yeah. style phones. Mm-hmm. And why call why call this updated seven and eight? It just I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's all it doesn't matter. I mean, matter. yeah, they it's did they naming. did skip the
1: the seven S this time, I guess, which is interesting. But just a just a recap on the event in general. So we started the event at the the first event at the Steve Jobs Theater, which was pretty awesome. There were some really nice shots of the the new facilities there. Did you guys enjoy that?
0: Yeah, it does look it does mm-hmm. look like a, a, an impressive, uh, very set pretty. Built.
1: Very pretty Yeah. I mean there was that shot of the staircase which was just amazing that I really liked. So yeah, there's some really nice shots of the campus there. And then into the event, and I think it was the Apple T V first. Uh and we got uh an Apple T V four K with HDR uh support as well as four K content for the uh the iTunes store, I guess it's still called. Yeah. Which is really good. I mean I, mean, I don't know what you guys think about this, but it. it good for me because i mean i don't personally have a 4k tv right now but when i do get one and i get the apple tv uh, all my content will be upgraded to 4k for free which was really good there
0: oh they are upgrading it so if you bought it in hd yep. you get the 4k that's, yeah, that's really price. nice actually yeah that is really good so currently on the microsoft store you cannot get hd uh, sorry 4k stuff right so i've purchased some movies in hd but there isn't a 4k version or something so
2: I don't really care that much about 4K.
0: I don't know. Yeah. I quite like it. I quite like it. Now you you do have it on your television, don't you, John?
2: Yeah, but I don't know if it even works. So I have I use the smart TV Netflix app, I c- which I says can tell. 4K, and I'm I can just tell like, when I get it. and I'm just uh, not sure. So uh, I, I think really for you,
0: Andrew, it would be a really good one to have. Like if you if you're if you are upgrading your television, then it mm-hmm. makes sense to get a new um, Apple TV so that you can do that stuff. HDR, uh, I am a big fan of. I really like HDR. And I saw that they added it to the new iPhone. We'll get onto that later. Um, but um, one thing that you mentioned, and I haven't really... So this is more a question for you. They they changed the interface again, is that right?
1: Yeah, there was some kind of um, circular feeling to it in the the shot that I saw. Um, so I wonder if that's a TVOS 11 thing that I haven't seen yet. But it, it definitely kind of had like... A, right now it's like a single flat panel, right? there's no curves or anything apart from the rounded corners on each of the the icons but um yeah and that was the first thing i noticed um and apart from that i mean i'm sure there will be further changes coming into tvos 11 anyway but that was just one thing that i just noticed it's nothing too major so next was the
2: watch or was
1: watch first
2: oh no what was first was the um the retail store thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah, but I'm skipping
0: that. Oh, yeah, that was Town Halls. Oh, my God.
2: Yeah, Mac Town Halls. What? Town Squares, what guys. It doesn't make a difference.
0: Whatever. It's terrible.
1: The new Apple Watch. It's a Series 3. Uh, one with Whoa,
2: cellular. Watch
0: watch, watch with cellular. What the... F-
2: Wait, I can't say that on the podcast. No, you can't. <laughs> Literally, don't care. That is... This is. This is the... Dumbest thing. It's not, it's
1: absolutely not the dumbest thing at all. Yeah, it totally is. It so really dumb.
2: isn't, Jordan. I think it's stupid.
1: Yeah, but this is the thing you don't have a purpose for it in your life, which makes you, know, you're, so you're not, you don't care about it. But someone who does want that in their life is going to enjoy that. Mm, yeah. And I, no, there there no. are two camps with this there's the people no, who don't you really want... need it and they're like, fine. No. And then there's the people yeah. who
2: do, you know, who do want to leave okay. their phone at home and let just take their watch and let me stop you there let me sorry andrew you know you can only get it on ee at the right now in the like uk buddy, yes yeah yeah again this is stupid
1: yeah that is stupid yes but i'm talking about functionality right now
2: ah oh, no, 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 functionality stupid
0: hmm, my my thoughts are that um while i don't feel like i wouldn't need something like that especially consider- considering i don't actually get phone signal where i live anyway um so it would be completely useless for me Uh, But I do like the, uh, what this means and what this means is that you, um, I know it's complicated in terms of who you get the device from and everything else. But what it means is that you've got a single uh, number and essentially a single bill where you're paying an extra $10 on top to have your watch connected to that same account. So if you make a phone call from the watch or make a phone call from the phone, it doesn't matter. It's all coming out of the same a you know, bill, the same, yeah. same, same network. Um, and, and what this really means is that that's, that's, um, the first kind of real consumer uh, use of having these two, uh, devices in a family that are using the same SIM, essentially the same account. Um, and, and I would like to see that personally, I would like to see that expanded so that you could have a Mac as well. Right. Because, if you've got all of your devices just connected to this wide, uh, you know, cellular network, it just means that things, things will just work. Things will just, you'll just yeah. get internet on things. I, I like that. And yes, you know, having the, 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 the watch with its own cellular, may be a bit, um, redundant right now, perhaps, but, uh, it's just, a, it's just the future it's having cellular yeah. inside stuff is just going to be normal. And when you have cellular inside something like a watch or whatever, and it's just there by default, it, it won't be a fantastic new feature. It'll just be normal. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's just a step towards that in my eyes. Sure.
1: So sending, sending data in between the phone and the watch as well is a, it's extremely slow and being able it's to just, it it point. really is. Um, only, only if you're out and about. No, um, it, if you're not on a no, Wi Fi no, no, network, no, no, it's no, fine. no, Sending data between like things like music between the iPhone and the watch takes ages. I've never seen you, you, you music haven't done it, them. but it it does mm-hmm. take ages. And having cellular on the watch itself means that it'll be able to it'll probably be able to deal with that faster and be able to download things like streaming from mm-hmm. Apple Music much faster. And if you I know, if point- I was if if I was going to get this and my um, network was supported, I would totally just, every day when I take my walk, I wouldn't take my phone anymore. I'd just take my watch and listen to my podcasts on
2: my watch. It'd be great. So I, lo- I've lo- I haven't lost my Apple Watch, but I left it in Manchester last weekend. So I need to go get it sometime this weekend. And... It's been it's felt weird, right, not having Apple Watch on my wrist or any kind of device on my wrist. But the crazy thing is I only have been using my phone for communication and actually it's been much better for me. I'm not getting buzzed every 2 minutes. Um I know this is a different different point but you think Jules is right about cellular, cellular being in devices as the default laptops, phones, yeah, okay, maybe even watches. I just think at this point in time apple doing it in the apple watch i don't see why now needs to be the time so like okay in the future as Joel says right we're gonna have um all these cellular devices connected fine eventually we want a phone that is some kind of i don't know bendable oled thing that you can just slap on your wrist right and then take it off and then put it to your ear right is that is that not where we're heading potentially i don't know about that but i don't but, but go on <laughs> yeah, well I don't know. you see, was it, was it Microsoft that did that um, like future video potential where?: Yeah.: Yeah, yeah. so you know peop- this is kind of the vision that certain tech companies have for where mobile devices and wearable devices are going. Maybe it's a step in that direction, but it, it's not a huge leap, and I just, I'm just not completely convinced about
1: it. I don't agree saying that Apple are doing it too early. I think someone has to do it first, and
0: they're a good company to do <laughs> well, it. Well, ha- I mean, they haven't even done it first. I mean, other companies other companies have already done this. Why are you yeah.
2: laughing at that? Because Apple could have done any other thing first, like HDR in a phone, or which the, the I don't 10 know. has. Edge to push. edge to edge. Dis- yeah. But, but they're late to the game, right? Edge to edge display. It's not an edge to edge display. It's not even. Yeah. It's got, yeah well, okay. Wait. Here we go. Okay. I'm going to put Sorry. that in quotes. We're Sorry. on about the watch right. right now. Okay. I know. I know. But what I'm trying to say is they are not. They're not doing anything first. I think the watch is a really great feature set. I and I mm. think
1: now it's time for them to make things a little faster, but make it
2: smaller, make it thinner. And I would rather have a thinner Apple Watch, right? If they'd made it thinner over the cellular, I would have taken that any day.
1: No, I think I think they've I think they're at a good level now. I think they should have put cellular in before they start
2: making it thinner.
1: So I think. Mm. But anyway, yeah, mm. new new uh, Apple Watch. I I, I,
0: mm. I agree with, with you, Andrew. I think it's I think it's a good thing to do as well. Um, I think it's I think it's nice progression. I think the phone's the phone's a nice progression as well. It's just an it's it's just good solid progression. Uh, it's not the first. It's just that if you look at what they don't have now and what they do have what they didn't have before, sorry, and what they do have now, they've ticks a lot of boxes.
1: Yeah. So new new Apple Watch. I found out that the the red uh, Crown is only on the cellular models. Ah. I still think that's a bit I don't, stupid. I don't.
0: I don't really like that. But yeah, but yeah, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense that it's just on on one model. Okay, I, right.
1: I guess it's a it's a to show people. I don't. I'm not really that bothered. There's no there's no um, implementation specific reason why that's there. It's it's mm. because the antennas in the screen, for example. But fine, whatever. Gonna let them get away with that. But it doesn't look that great. And I'm sure if you get, like, a certain color, it won't look great. And it might, you know, look weird of a band. But anyway. And then I think we got into iPhones after that. So there was the new iPhone 8, which is basically the 7, but faster. The iPhone 8, and in fact the iPhone 10's processor, is faster than the 13-inch MacBook Pro in multi-core. Keep bench scores.
0: One of the interesting things is this. Um, is this new chip that they've added to the um i assume they've only added it to the iphone 10
2: not the a11x bionic not that one
0: uh is is it the is that what they call it is the chip for running neural networks and stuff like that that's inside the
1: that's inside the um a11x
2: yeah yeah
0: bionicle right so i mean uh it was announced or or told uh, a little while back that the new hololens has a similar thing right where it's got a chip specifically designed for running the um you know neural networky type uh machine learning algorithms directly on the device on silicon that's specifically designed for doing that so that it can make these decisions up front without having to go off and send it to the cloud um so i think that's something that we're probably going to see in more devices i think the uh, one of the benefits that Apple has is that they have that tight control over the hardware and then the what they can expose through the APIs. And I think that's interesting because what that means is that app developers should be able to leverage this um, relatively easily. They've added a feature in, people are going to get it. Um, similar kind of thing with the hololens because the hololens is made by microsoft themselves and runs the a custom version of windows on top of it it gives them the ability to do that right so it will be able to do object recognition for ar and things like that yeah uh like on the device a lot quicker and the iphone 10 will get that too i think that's an interesting i think that was an interesting thing and in terms of um mm. in terms of like the internal the speed the the, the chips I think that that was an interesting thing, I yeah, think. and then
1: they've got also now like the um, Apple Design GPU, which is quite interesting. That they're doing it now, so that sounds pretty cool. So yeah. there's some some good. I think that the new chip inside of that is you know is a really good upgrade. Like I said, it's faster than the 13-inch MacBook Pro Pro in GeekBench scores. So
0: Bionicle. Yeah. <sighs> yes, it is. A, it is. A, it is a funny name. It is a funny.
1: <laughs> name. Me and Jordan yeah. instantly thought of the old toys when we were kids called Bionicles.
0: <laughs> It's like a Lego thing, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it was, yeah.
0: Screen technology itself, OLED now, which is good. I like OLED. Is
1: that on the 8? Feel the
0: burn. Uh, No, I think that's just on the 10, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I don't know if that's on the 8. I assumed it was just the 10. It's not very bright, the OLED that they have in the 10.
2: Is
1: it not?
0: No. No, it's significantly dimmer than a a Samsung or LG phone. Bit weird. So that means it's going to be harder to see in daylight.
1: Right, okay. We'll have to see. I mean, apparently, that was the... OLED's never been good enough for an iPhone until now, so we'll find out. Yeah, uh,
0: which is a bit weird.
1: But then, so the iPhone 8 and the iPhone ten have uh, wireless wireless charging, which is why they have glass backs, so it's good to see And time. the fast charging capabilities. Although... The fast charging probably isn't as fast as the ones in the Samsung models right now. The Android phones.
0: Yeah. So, uh, to be honest, wireless charging, fast charging. Uh, this is this is a bit a bit boring, really, because everyone else already does this stuff. Microsoft had this in 2015. I think Palm had it in what was it? 2009.
1: Mm, something like that. But at least they're doing it to the the what was it the Qi standard. Yeah, the G standard, which is
0: what everyone else does. Yeah, it it, it would be... I wouldn't have been surprised if they came up with their own, but I'm really glad they didn't. Yeah.
1: And along with that, we've also got the uh, new AirPods case for wireless charging, and the um, Watch Series 3 will be able to sit on the side of the new Air Power pad
2: thing that they're making. I like this. I like this. I like this wireless charging little pad thing. It's going to do everything. But...
1: Late to the game. I don't know. I haven't seen a pad that before that supports multiple devices.
0: Yeah, so we, well, this is the thing. Actually,
1: Qi doesn't actually support charging multiple devices.
0: No, but other companies have made, built them that support multiple devices. Um, we've we've seen that before.
1: Right.
2: The other thing is we don't know exactly how that thing works. Notice how that they obviously all three of those devices were next to each other. We it may only support three devices. Might have three separate Qi charging blocks in it effectively
1: as far as i'm aware all i know is that they've they've built on top of the Qi standard to support that and they want they want to get them to put it in
0: other people have done this already though like if you look at things like the consumer electronics show they we've seen this before where they've had like full tables that have been able to charge multiple things through Qi. right i it's uh, it's not, it's good that they're doing it. And, um, this is one of the things that Apple do, right? They, they take an existing technology and they make it more, uh, mainstream. Um, you know, wireless charging, uh, I've got it on my phone. I've had it for a very long time. Um, there are certain times when it's actually really good and really nice to have like a really cool thing. And there's other times where I could take it or leave it and I don't really care. Mm-hmm. One example of this is, um, when, say for example, you go to bed and you put your phone down and at the end of the day, usually your phone is more depleted than it would be at any other time. And if you want to continue to use your phone, then you can't charge it at the same time if you're using a wireless charging, right? You can't no. because you've got to put it down. And so times like that, it's just, it's actually inconvenient rather than being right, yeah. more convenient. But when you have using it in a car, that is really nice because what it means is that you can just put it in, um, you know, like on a slot or something Mm -hmm. in this particular area and it will start charging. So there's no cables in the car. Those kinds of scenarios are lovely, really, really good. And Apple putting it in their devices, including their low end or whatever they're calling it, the the eight, their standard phone, their non future Mm -hmm. phone. Um, is means that people will get it and you'll get car- more cars with with g built in and stuff like that. So it, it it is all good. You know, IKEA make desks that have g yeah. built in. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um so it, it is a good it is a good thing uh, that that they have finally put it in, but they should have put it in. I mean, that is already.
1: the thing about this is like uh, what you were saying about like going to bed and wanting to be, you know, going on your phone and then um you can't because it's going to die. Which is exactly the reason why I have like a 2 meter iPhone cable next to my bed because you don't want to be restricted yeah. by one meter. <laughs> if it's too small, you, yes. you won't be able to move much. Yeah, but I reckon I'm probably gonna get this. Uh, I, I might get this charging pad, and I um, I'll probably With still the, have that that meter the cable there. Not,
0: that air power uh, isn't coming out. No, that until it, that was just a December
1: time, or something actually. like that.
0: Oh really? So they have actually announced a date for it.
1: Yeah, I think I think they scheduled around December or something like that. I have to say, guys, we've done a real, real mishmash of uh, you know the, the the chronological order here.
0: Oh, I didn't realize we were doing a chronological order. It doesn't say that in the show notes.
2: I. By the way, I mean, I will. I want to upgrade my Apple Watch because I want to. I want one to sleep in and one to wear during the day. Um. So I will buy a new Apple Watch at some point. It will probably be a Series Three, but I will not be using the cellular. Even if my so you're carrier, you're
0: not on, you're not on EE anyway.
2: I don't know, but even if my carrier supported it, I wouldn't do it.
0: Okay,
1: two things: the cellular version has a gig more storage than the normal does, and so you might as yeah. well pay the seventy quid or whatever it is just to get the latest version. No, no, I will briefing. get the latest version
2: of the app. I'll get the latest and version so of the app, but the I won't be though. using this. Yeah, but I won't be using the cellular one. So saying. you're
1: gonna get the cellular model,
2: yeah? But not only because it's the latest model. There's no point in me getting a Series Two.
1: Well, no, because there's a version of the three without cellular. Oh, oh, well, that changes everything. But what I'm saying is, you might as well get the cellular because it's not much more expensive. Because one, you get eight gig more storage on it, if that interests you, and two. You might as well future-proof it. So it's up to you. I I will
2: debate when I get to the Apple Store.
1: I won't be upgrading my watch this time for this one just yet. Um, I have no real reason to, as mine my my watch is fine. It's a Series Two, not the Series uh one or the original. Um, and the cellular chip isn't supported by my carrier, so. I won't be upgrading that. Uh, my Apple TV, like I said, uh, my TV isn't four K, so I won't be buying that. yet either. So it's actually just waiting for the iPhone, and I will be waiting until November the third, I think it is, and booking in my uh, replacement for my current iPhone on October the twenty seventh. Jordan, what are you? Are you, you going to get a new iPhone? Uh, yes. I mean, okay. which, yes.
2: Which one are you going to get? Uh, this is this. We're going to get you the X, the ten, whatever you want to call it, the one with the X.
1: Yeah, the ten. Uh, Let's call it the ten.
2: However, I'm going to look at the pricing of it. Um, I'm not going to get it straight away. I'm not going to pre-order it. I'm probably going to. I mean, with this upgrade program, can you just do it at any point, or do you have to do it at the twelve-month period? Can you not? This is I'm, these are these. Are...
1: I'm pretty sure it's it's just uh. After or equal to 12 months. So you can hold on for another little while.
2: Yeah, I'll probably do that.
1: But at that point, it might be better buying the phone out, out, off them and then selling it
2: and then just getting another good program or whatever. So, so this is the thing, right? I'm thinking that the upgrade program is... I, like, if the upgrade program is one of these things where I can do the same thing, like go back on the upgrade program again after I've sold, bought and sold the phone, if that makes sense, then I would probably do that.
1: I It is something that I've considered because... The phone is worth more than what I have to settle left on my my
2: uh, agreement. So yeah, this is this is the thing. I mean, I'm just I'm a bit concerned about this iPhone X um, for multiple reasons. Like one is the price is ridiculous. I mean, they've done a 64 gig and a 256. There's no in between. I mean, what the actual f? Like if that that's the biggest thing, biggest qualm for me is I don't need 256 gigs. It, it is quite I, expensive. I think they should be doing a 128 and a T56. Yep. 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 Well, 64 is just f- pointless. It's genuinely, it's ridiculous. Like they did a they, How much iPhone, more would it
0: cost them to buy 128 instead of 64? It's,
2: uh, you know what? I have no idea. Not a lot. But the
1: point being here is. Hardly anything, really. I don't care if they raise the price for it. Just, just don't do a
2: 64. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is the thing, right? I had a 30. I've had a 16 gig phone before. I've had a 32 gig phone before, and I run out of space on them. This has been the first phone I've had from Apple where I've not had to deal with those pest pestering. Mm-hmm. Oh, you've not got any space yeah. left, right? And I'm like, I don't want to go back to that. On the at the same time, I've you know 64 gig is probably where I will stay. You know, in terms of how much space I've used up on my phone for the mm-hmm. next, I don't know, year. Like, I don't need 256 gig. That's more than. Well, I was going to say it's more than my computer, but that's not actually true. It's got 512 in it. But that's half of the computer space I've got, and I don't even use that on my computer. You know, I've got, I've already used about 128 gig on my computer in terms of files and stuff. I just, i that's my biggest qualm here.
1: So I have a 256 gig iPhone 7, and I'm only using 45 gig of it. And 20 gig of that is, tw- well, 21 gig of that is photos, which are all synced up to OneDrive anyway, so I can delete them. Uh, and like 4 or 5 gig is Spotify. So I don't need a 256 gig phone,
2: but it's that feeling of not having to care about it. Yeah, but you get that with one two eight, right? Yeah, I would totally. Like, if you if you had the chance of going back, and because the reason you bought the two five six was because they didn't have one two eight in stock, and you just wanted the phone. Yes. So if you if there was a one two eight available, you would have just got that. Yeah, most likely. Yeah. So and this is taking choice away from the consumer here because there is only one option have
1: they done this because there's already too much option now they've got free phones to choose from and then you've got to choose the colors and the sizes are they trying to simplify that a bit i don't know yeah
0: just think just think how far they've come people used to um people always used to say that they needed to diversify and have more options and now they have way too many yeah they still they still sell sixes don't they yeah, which is they have quite. I
1: don't. I don't get why they're they're selling so many phones now. They've got the the SE. Well, the that's because that's because
0: they are so, they are so cheap for them to manufacture. They make so much money on those things. Yeah,
1: I guess it's an upsell as well. But so that's the, that's our, our very terribly ordered rundown and ramblings of the iPhone event. Um, we have some specifics we are going to talk about with uh, the Notch. So jewels
0: well okay so so first of all they put a lot of really good technology in there right so it is like the equivalent of a connect style a microsoft connect style camera directly in there you've got the ability yeah. you know the stuff that they showed off is essentially how a connect works with with being able to you know you, you've got your infrared camera, and we talked about this before when we were saying that it had to work in the dark but you got your infrared cameras and you got your dots that get projected onto the face mm-hmm. and then you know you got your um your Uh, optical sensors as well that kind of uh, can can see all that data so you've got to have some stuff to you know an area to put all this stuff in but the design decision that they made to put that uh, notch at the at the top or on the side if you've got it in landscape just seems like such a bad decision. And I get that the people who worked on this probably love this design. And there are lots of people out there who also probably love this design and that's, that's okay. I, I That's okay. But uh, app developers are already saying that stuff is broken on this new iPhone 10 because of the fact that it, uh, stuff that gets rendered underneath it. Um, when you scroll through, um, pages, web pages, it, it adds borders to the side. And when you look at how someone like Samsung did this, where they've got a uniform, um, area at the top and the bottom that is the same size. So it's like symmetrical. It still looks, it's still visually very pleasing to the eye. But what that means is that they've, they've, Uh, puts uh, the screen all the way up to the edges on the long edges. And they've just on the short edges, they've got uh, an area of blackness, you know, dead space where they can actually put all these sensors and speakers and microphones and everything else with the iPhone. They've deliberately tried to make it go all the way up to the edge at the bottom as well. And, And like when you hold a phone, who wants to go all the way down to the bottom of the screen? It just seems like a, They made a decision that just doesn't make sense. They they call it an edge-to-edge display. It's not edge-to-edge display. The edge is probably the if you look at it straight on, it's probably even thicker than my phone for the edge, especially (laughs) on the long side. It it is. I mean, it's got this, it's got the the black part where the glass is, and then it's got the silver around the outside. When you look at something like the Samsung, they they actually curve that screen around the edge. Yeah, and that's the that's the one of the love it or hate it, that's what they do. You know, it does actually give you more screen and real kind of edge-to-edge screen. Yeah. So uh, did they make the right decision with that notch? I don't know. But they are embracing it, right? Yeah. They are using it in all the um wireframes, all the little cutout. They're making it so that if you see a phone that has a little notch at the top, that means it's an iPhone right? Because yes. everything else is just as edge to edge screen. Everything else is just a slab of glass with screen on the front. But if you've got this little bit missing at the top, that's an iPhone. And uh, so just, if, just if, on that. if we were going to have a notch, if we were going to have a notch like that, and uh, I was in meetings with people from Apple and they basically, I, I could imagine all getting into this state where we all truly believe that this is the right thing to do. I can imagine people convincing themselves that this is the right thing to do, but it isn't. It's a very dumb thing to do. It looks stupid.
1: They are definitely embracing the notch. Um, In fact, the um, developer guidelines are telling people not to cover it up, not to place it with black stuff, um, to use that space. But then they they break
0: those, guidelines themselves in safari
1: yeah so they do put those they put those banners there um there is actually a viewport tag you can add to get your content to fill over there by default why
0: why would you want to do that because then when you scroll down a page it's going to chop stuff off
1: well you'll have to pad it correctly is what i was going to say then oh god
0: oh god (gasps) it's so that's just so stupid
1: when you when you play a video it doesn't actually go under the notch until you double tap to zoom and then it fills the display so there are some very weird, uh, you know, <laughs> this, things of this, this is, but we'll see it, how it It's turns all
0: out. totally unnecessary. Think how many hours, um, many, many hours, we're not talking single digits here, that are going to be wasted of human potential in doing hacks and workarounds because Apple decided to put something that cuts out the screen. It's just very, yeah. very stupid.
1: I think they'll definitely work to remove this over time. What the
2: notch? The notch yeah, or yeah, the, well, the problem, I don't They have to. They can't leave that. Well, there. let's take out Touch ID, put in a face camera and put a, something in the screen that means that a company like I don't know, Gartner are going to go 35 billion spent on on work lost to Apple's notch. You know, it's like Jesus Christ almighty. Oh. Uh,
0: It is. It it is a waste of. It's a huge, massive waste of time. Yeah.
2: Until you just went to it, I thought uh, the videos. Oh God! Um, You know, I follow a
0: few app developers um, who make iPhone apps on um, Twitter, and they're already saying that they've they've tried this out in the emulator and it breaks stuff. Mm. It's it's not just that. It's not just that it loads in some mode that adds a black bar. It doesn't. It just it just goes up. No, I'm just gonna break stuff. So, tons and tons of apps are going to have to be updated now, thankfully, for the Apple app store, they have this uh power um whereby the app developers will make changes and they will keep it fresh yeah. um, when you look at something like um and i you know the the comparison is the literally the other end i'm sure um google have something in the middle but on windows phone you've got applications still in the store that were built for windows phone 7 and just haven't been updated because they still work and people just don't bother they're just like meh i'm just leaving it in the store as it is using the old design language doesn't matter you don't get that as much on the iphone because the developers are more likely to update it because i think there's this you know apple changed stuff they added Mm -hmm. they, they added flat design or whatever and then people go okay well i'll update all my stuff to support that and this is a similar kind of thing where now they're going to have to go oh well actually i need to now rejig the, my ui so that i don't render stuff up here anymore and maybe maybe while i'm at it i'll add these new big titles and the new typeface or whatever else is is different and yeah. the latest suggestions and from just just government.
1: on the just on like the corners and the the edge to edge i can't say that now apparently um, just that's right. The corners around it and they're so deeply rounded that some people are getting worried about designing apps for, for, um, those top, those top, uh, well, those, those corners because you can't yeah. put something now where you used to be able to, that was, you know, centered on, sorry, aligned correctly on that corner.
0: Yes. And we've seen this in their own, um, the, uh, interface guidelines, uh, I, I wonder if we can, we can probably find some screenshots, but there's, um, some of their own guidelines that show alignment of the clock and then they have yeah. a title underneath it and then they have, um, you know, the back button, the kind of, uh, I can't remember what you call that. It's like a navigation helper, mm. whatever, you, whatever you call that area at the top that sometimes a back button and sometimes isn't that guy. Um, That guy's like aligned as if you took, if you drew a line straight up and it hit a point in the curve and you go, yeah, that's about halfway for -hmm. this curve. And same with the clock. It's just like, oh, well, it's about halfway here. And because of the shape with the, um, if you take like the left hand side, and obviously it's mirrored as well. You got this one really kind of strong, deep curve on the left. And then you've got a different shaped curve on the right. And a little curve in between, so you've got this really kind of weird shape that you have to deal with. How do you visually center stuff in that? Especially yeah. when you're being told specifically that you cannot or you should not black it out by by just not rendering anything up there. It's very very strange. It yeah. is a very strange decision, and I it it, it makes me wonder. Um, it makes me wonder if, like I say, that people were in those those uh, meeting rooms and all manage to convince each other that it's a good idea when, because you know, what Apple's like the super secretive. They, they don't really go out of their, you know, little bubble. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think somehow they've kind of, they've all convinced themselves that this is a good idea and taken away. And this is a, you know, a bit of a, a sad point, really. They've taken away the the touch ID to facilitate this. Yeah. And touch ID was great.
1: Well, all right, so just before just before we get into that, because there is something I want to mention about that. Um, just to recap what the iPhone X is, is the the new iPhone that, you know, is a new five point eight inch super retina display with an OLED screen. They did get rid of touch ID and added face ID. Uh, they have vertical dual cameras on the back instead of the uh horizontal ones.
0: What else well, did they, they add? I mean, they didn't have dual cameras on the... Cause it's the they have dual cameras on the, the Plus. On the Plus? Yeah, So this isn't a Plus, is it?
1: No, this is kind of similar to the size of... Uh,
0: this is a smaller phone than the phone that you guys have now.
1: Yeah, so the normal one, yeah. Uh, there's the A11 Bionic chip, the dual um, image stabilization cameras in the back, faster GPU and CPU and all that kind of stuff, you know, typical stuff. Wireless charging, Face ID. They removed Touch ID from this model, and they now do um, unlocking via facial detection. Face facial detection or face detection? Which one do you say? know. because it's anyway. So yeah, uh, on stage, Craig Federighi had an issue with unlocking the phone with Face ID. Um, everyone thought that was a problem with Face ID's. Technology, however, it wasn't. The phone was actually in a state in which you have to enter a PIN before it enables Face ID. So, yeah, for example, when you restart no, your mine phone, does the same thing. Before you use Touch ID right now, you have to enter your um your your PIN basically. So everyone's he's kind of slandering Apple or Craig for this. Uh, oh, I don't not, think so. I mean, it
0: wasn't it wasn't a technology fail. It was a demo fail. Yeah. If they, if they, they did fail, but they failed at doing a, a good demonstration. They didn't they didn't fail with the technology. Yeah, I mean, it's just
1: people, see, people see this and they'll go, ah, oh, you know, I don't trust Face ID. It's going to be terrible. It's not going to be as good as Touch ID or whatever. And in terms of well, I mean, reliability... It's, it's, not,
0: it's not going to be as good as Touch ID, is it? I mean, okay, so some, sometimes you're going to be like, yeah, it's really nice that I don't have to touch my phone for it to unlock. Other times you just be like, oh. you know, my fo- my phone when it is flat on a desk... Uh, you, you you can't unlock it with your face w- yeah. when it isn't pointed at you. You have to have it in your hand pointing at your face and you have to give it your attention. You know, you have to actually look, you have to look at it. Mm-hmm. You have to actually give it your attention. And so that's, there's going to be plenty of scenarios where that's worse. There's going to be some scenarios where it's nicer. Um, and, and, you know, having stuff like Touch ID and Face ID are really, really good because they, they, Uh, lower the entry point for security and i think a lot of people i mean for us this seems bizarre because you know we've 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 all got you know passwords and touch id and stuff on our phones yeah um but tons and tons of people out there don't even have a passcode or a pin or anything like that on their phones so having it an easier way of being able to secure the phone is a good thing right Mm -hmm. but um the reason why, you know, you enter in a pin first thing when it starts up is uh, the, the having your face as a password is a stupid idea. Um, it's, it's nice as a second factor, but it's, it's, it's not a password. That's your username your face is your username, not your password. So you're only logging in with one factor, which is why you need to enter in a PIN to start up. Yeah. Because at least you know for that session. Yeah. If you were to turn it off, and I think it's now got this SOS mode where you can press it five times. Yeah, which is what I think it um, actually went into. Yeah, so you can you can do that kind of thing, but the, but you know, really, the and I love it on my Surface Book, but it's but the Surface Book is pointing at you. It is a mm. device that has. Been, it's like sat on a base that is pointing a screen upwards facing towards you. It's not something that you uh that has mm-hmm. no kind of stand and is sometimes flat on the desk and is sometimes in your hand and is sometimes you know it, it, um upside down or or whatever or you know landscape sometimes yeah. portrait. Um it's 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 a lot more uh I think it's a lot more controlled with a with with the Surface Book. I'll, I'll love to see what they do, like what the 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 new iPhones like and how well it performs. But uh, I just think that Touch ID was so nice. <laughs> it's such. It's I am such a glad
1: show. that uh, I have my watch to pay for things because I don't want to be put using my phone to pay for something, and then have to like lean over the card reader. I'm glad I don't have to do that. And there is a those really there's a petrol station I go to that has those really annoying um contactless readers on the side of them. Imagine imagine having to put your phone sideways and then like turn your head to its side to try and get it to read to authenticate. That'd be terrible. You don't
2: well, need to do it. Yeah, no, you need to just kind of hold the phone up and go, I'm gonna pay with Apple Pay it goes, okay, go on then put it next to the reader and then you do it. Is that the case so,
1: though? Because right now you Yeah have to, the, Twitch, yeah. ID the Twitch ID works
2: in the same right. way. Touch ID works in the same way. Right. If I double tap on my like card To it says you know put your fingerprint on it goes now put it near the reader right I I thought it was at
1: the same time as actually going through (laughs) because I've never actually used it I've always used my watch for it
2: no no it's fine Um, but it's really funny Andrew was buying a parking like ticket paying for his parking and this machine like it was basically just a huge hole in the machine (laughs) and we just watched Andrew put his whole wrist in this huge hole and we were like, what the hell are you doing? And he was like, I'm paying for my ticket. And he was like, Jesus
0: Christ. Well, luckily the the, the new phone is smaller, so you can actually fit it into those things. It was
2: like a four by four inch uh, block yeah, he, with a card he reader put, he had inside of it. But put like, it diagonally, and it was like you were like, oh, I don't know, it's funny. It was the, like he had a shield, and he was shielding it. Yeah,
1: and the, the card reader is on the right-hand side of that inner block. So you have to bend your wrist back towards your like inner arm. And then shove it in there and try and just get it to like read it. It's it's not fun, but it does work eventually. So, yeah, I guess there's. I think there's lots more to talk about when it comes to this iPhone X. I think I think we're gonna have to wait for some more episodes because it's gonna it's gonna be a while.
0: I've got one last thing that I want to mention. Okay, one more um, thing, and in, in it's a similar. Yeah, it's a similar thing to to your bit about um, Craig's. Uh, face id mess up where other people are, are, are complaining about it so i'm gonna have a little my, my turn to have a little rant about what other people think mm-hmm. um this animoji stuff right um yep i saw a lot of people dissing it and saying w- what you know what is what what's the technology coming to we have these unbelievably powerful computers with all this amazing technology crammed into it. And we're using it to create animated poo faces. Right. <laughs> and as if that's a bad thing, as if that's a bad thing, uh, I, I believe that technology just lets humans be more human. And I can't think of anything more human than having an animated poo emoji of course. smile and laugh and be <laughs> silly. Right. If, if that brings joy to people's lives, mm-hmm. then it's a good thing. And I think out of every single thing that we, that we have complained about this iPhone or we've commented on this iPhone, if there's one thing that someone like, you know, Steve in particular, Steve Jobs, he would see that kind of thing with the Animoji and he would think that is going to spark joy in people's lives. Not everyone's. Yeah. Mind you. I'm sure a lot of people will hate it and they don't need to use it but i mean that's just that's like such a st- stupid thing it's the kind of thing that humans do though mm. and you know i people people uh, also you know were saying things like oh you know amazing cameras amazing technology and all the all, all the people are going to do is take selfies with it fine uh, you know if if people did not take uh, okay these days people take self portraits using a phone by pointing at their face and yes i know people can get a bit carried away with this in making them in in different Uh, weird kind of situations where would we be without self-portraits without looking at ourselves and trying to see you know where we fit in the world think of self-portraits by like picasso and van gogh and things like that right this it's just like it's it's so narrow minded for people to look at these things and say, this is amazing technology. And all people are going to do is take pictures of their food, their their selfies, and then animated poo emojis. No, that's, that's the point. That's why we make technology. That's yeah. what it's there for.
1: I have to say, I don't think I will use these much at all, but I absolutely love them. And every time I see them, I think they're hilarious. I thought the demo they did on stage was hilarious. And, um, yeah. I've heard some, from some people on some other podcasts which were at the event that watching people play with them was amazing and they just couldn't stop laughing. And I think that's great. I mean it's good fun.
0: Yeah. Again, you know, this isn't necessarily stuff that uh, hasn't been done before. The Kinect the does that kind of face tracking and has had that kind of thing previously where you can... You know animate the the face of a character in a video game yeah uh, i mean there was there was that it's just who cares it, it this is this is it's brilliant to have that kind of thing and it's it's stupid, but it's very very human
1: yeah and there was, there was that app from a while ago called masquerade, I think it might be still around where they were doing things like um you know you could wear a helmet or something like that, and I know it's not entirely the same but it was it was good fun. I remember I was I was wearing a Iron Man helmet, which is my dream, right?
0: That is the
1: dream. That is the dream. Jordan,
2: I assume you hate these. Uh, of course. Yeah. Now I I'm getting to the point where I'd, I I'm going to just get too worked up. Let's 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 move on swiftly <laughs> because I've got I've got you know what I'm going to say, and it's just going to end up being like I don't understand why. So let's just let's just move on. Okay.
1: Fine. Okay. Um <laughs> I have one more thing to say about Apple, and then we're going to move on. Uh, I installed the iOS eleven GM and the WatchOS four GM. WatchOS four GM is perfectly fine. Uh, the iOS eleven GM is uh, causing some problems with uh, the phone. The fact the fact that it's a phone. Well, yeah. I I haven't tried it since, but uh, for some reason I haven't been able to. I, I had a few calls yesterday, and um, no one could hear me, and I couldn't hear anyone else. So that's good. It's reliable. I think the
0: interesting thing there is you you get phone calls.
1: I do. Yeah, I do, yeah. I think
0: maybe I live in a little bubble because I don't have phone signal and I haven't had phone signal for such a long time that nobody phones me. Yeah, I think I think yeah. you are in your own bubble. Yeah.
2: Um you are, Jules. And and this is actually for me on this note quite worrying because you're gonna have to get used to phone calls. You are. We're gonna have to get you a signal booster. Why? Because.
0: <laughs> Alright.
2: Okay. Need to be able to ring you and be like, Jules, this, 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 and this, and you'll be like, "Hello, okay, yes." And Skype. No.
1: Another more annoying thing about iOS 11 is that uh, I haven't been able to listen to music in my car or my podcast because in about ten seconds they fade out. Um, the interesting thing is that Spotify and Overcast no longer have the correct integration with the uh, Control Center uh, widgets. So I assume some kind of APIs changed where they don't support yet. So I'm waiting on new versions to see if it fixes that. They they
2: will support it. They just haven't released the iOS 11 app. Sure. Well, yeah. I just, so I'm thinking, but
0: that's, but that's another thing where surely that's that's a lot of hours being wasted again if some, if people yeah. have to to redo stuff just to make stuff work.
2: Yeah, I mean, why can't they just like that? There's much, how much has changed. I mean, it's buttons. Just the, they've changed the placing of buttons. Why should that break? The buttons. Well, that's that's what I'm not sure.
1: I, I think it might be a changed API because I don't think the fact that they have an iOS 10 app running on iOS 11 will create that problem. I think it's I think it's an API change or or a bug. It's,
0: hopefully, it's a yeah, bug.
2: yeah. I would hope it's a bug because if I if I'm an app, application designer, and I'm and I'm I sell like my app for 99p, right, one off, and I've made my app money and I don't need to do any changes to it. Yeah, I might, I might need to maintain it here and there. Changing a set of APIs and breaking someone's app.
0: APIs that are doing the same thing. Yeah, exactly. This isn't yeah. new APIs. Yeah, this yeah. is existing functionality. Play, yeah, pause, it? fast forward, rewind. Yeah. It's the same is, the same thing.
2: Yeah, that is a stupid, stupid way of going about it.
0: In in this case, right. I'm glad that um
1: these apps are still being developed and are happily paid for. Mm-hmm. So uh yeah.
2: hopefully they'll get fixed. Well yeah, but but that's you, and 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 you were saying hopefully it'll get fixed. I mean, it will get fixed. It's Spotify for God's sake. But um, I just feel like, what's the point? You know, we we we've, we've always had this this agreed shared ideology of you want to make it easy for developers. If you're a developer, you write code for the developers, right? You want to make it easy. That's why we write abstraction layers and why we have nice interfaces. Why? Yeah. Okay, fine. Things do have to change. I get that, right? There's, but for something so straightforward and basic mm. as, as buttons that do play and pause and display the song title, I just think they're doing it wrong.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I guess I do. I do hope this is a bug because I, this I build so. is a little bit buggy. Like, uh, go you go from one app to another. And then you go back to the original app, and it'll frozen in, it in a in it just like a picture. Uh, so there's a couple of books. Uh, it's just a bit a bit of a crappy GM it's, to be honest. Yeah, I've never a bit of a had shame, with really. a GM.
0: And those are very um, popular apps. Like, surely you would think that they would have a testing lab where the devices just run the most popular apps all the time mm. and make sure they work, right? Because yeah, uh, that's what
1: Microsoft. Uh, this did. freezing isn't just with uh, any uh, with these apps, by the way. It's every app. With the Messages app, it froze the other day on me. So yeah,
0: that's that's very strange. I'm
1: hoping there's going to be like a 10. Po- uh, sorry, 11.1 coming out very soon.
0: Maybe, um, maybe it's something to do with this file system change that you got right because cause it as part of the upgrade doesn't it upgrade your file system. That's been
1: running since iOS 10.3, which has been perfectly. So it's not. <laughs> Okay, I'll share it <laughs> Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, but yeah, I'm hoping there's going to be an upgrade to the iOS 11, like 11.1 or something like that, because it's not very reliable right now. Uh, but the watch is doing great. Uh, the Siri watch face isn't as great as I thought it would be. I need to tie it into my calendar, because I don't use the Apple calendar. I, need, I use Fantastical and Google, so I don't know what's going on there. Because um, apparently I've not got anything to do ever, according to the Siri watch face. So yeah, I mean, I don't really use much on the watch. Um apart from the watch faces, notifications and the fitness stuff. The fitness stuff is interesting they've they've added open goals, which is uh basically before you before when you were doing a a workout, you had to set a goal of say 20 calories or 30 minutes or whatever. Now you can just have an open goal, which is interesting. So oh so that. you
0: can just you can just say I'm just going to do Yeah pets. just track it I don't care what I get. Cool. Yeah. Oh that's good yeah. Uh
1: so yeah I think we're going to have to come back to this um whole whole release stuff over some time especially when uh, I get my pre-order in. Um mm-hmm. I don't know if I mentioned earlier but one of my friends has got a pre-order in for an iPhone 8 non plus. Um so we'll, I, I might have a play with that and then we'll we'll come back in the show. Sounds good you can find the show notes for today's episode at mavispodcast.com you can also find us on twitter at mavispodcast and if you want to tweet us any questions be sure to and we'll answer them on the show
0: so Jordan um, we were in a meeting the other day and I saw that you had a very very nice new pen and a very very nice new notebook Um, can you tell us about them so I'm getting old
2: it was my birthday.
1: Happy birthday! Got a birthday present.
2: Right, my birthday, and um, my lovely girlfriend. She bought me a very fine Baron Fig Confidant hardback notebook, complete with a leather sleeve to protect said confidant notebook from the elements, and a Baron Fig Squire pen. Mm. And actually, I think it's absolutely brilliant.
0: Uh, we talked, we talked about Baron Fig, um, a while back. I think we, we briefly mentioned them on the podcast before as well. Mm. Um, but, uh, a long time ago, we were, Jordan and I were talking about notebooks in particular. And I, I know that you, uh, you used to have your Moleskin, and then you switched to using kind of field notes and, and everything else. You, you've kind of swapped and changed between a couple of them. Mm. Um, and I, mean, I had
2: a Midori traveler's notebook for a bit as well. Yeah, you did. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: It is very unreliable with notebooks. I'm just no,
0: I'm a notebook. <laughs> but one one of the things was I think we had a conversation at one point when you were basically saying, "Oh, maybe I'll maybe I'll go back to my moleskin." And I was like, "There are better things out there than moleskins." And uh, I think that's for me. That's Baron Fig are a, a better moleskin than moleskin now. I think.
2: Oh, absolutely. They've got, they've got they got
0: slightly different size, but it's but their their paper's better. The build the the quality just seems really good. Mm-hmm. They've got that i that pen that pen is absolutely beautiful. A uh, yeah. So, so, what, so what
1: what are the specs of what you've got with the colours and the and the pen?
2: So it's um it's like a grey colour. It's a hardback. It's kind of A five. It's like one of those A5-ish size notebooks, but it's, it's slightly shorter and, and wider. It's wider, yeah. It? Yeah, so which is quite nice because um, it's got a dot grid right. um, and the papers, I mean, Moleskin paper is quite nice, right? But this kind of is, it's very much like MD, the MD notebook paper. Mm. So if anyone's familiar with those, M- the MD notebooks, it's very much similar to that paper, I, but with a dot grid. Um, the It opens up flat, which is really nice. Um but you get, get all know, the benefits either, of the Moleskine. A, really. Yeah, you've got a yeah. leather case in that, haven't you? Yeah, it's a similar color. It's like a kind of a, gr- a gray blue. Um, right, it's it, really nice. I mean, I think so. For me, going back to the whole moleskin comparison, they moleskin books are much cheaper, right? Mm-hmm. Which, but you know, with this Baron Fig confidant. I've kind of ditched all notebooks for this one now. So I, I literally emptied out my field notes into my archive box. Uh, that Moleskine that I was using is now in the box too. Um, I was uh, I was recently using my you know my new um, LT3. Uh, the tools got me. Was that an LT3? It was, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one thing that kind of really struck me with this Squire Pen is the ink that comes with it. Is the is Baron Fig branded ink? Now, who makes it? We don't know. Um, Off the top of our head,
0: my guess was that it was Schmidt, but I'm not sure.
2: Mm. And I, uh, you know, pen wise, pen to paper, it's a ballpoint, but it feels like fountain pen ink. Mm -hmm. It, It 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 writes like fountain pen ink, but it dries a little bit quicker. So it feels more like kind of a gel, oh, not a gel ink. That's not really. I don't know how, how would you describe that. Tools like fountain pen ink, it's quite free flowing.
0: Yeah, so it's a, it's a rollerball ink. Yeah, it's a there's a it's a liquid ink inside it. Uh, it's really it is a really really nice feel. I I believe mm. it is the same as the um, as the Schmidt refills. I, it's my understanding that's what it is. And generally that's considered to be one of the best of that particular type. It is a it uses a I think it's a G1 size refill um personally i don't have many of these but this is what uh what gets called a Parker refill often here. yeah
2: it's it's a Parker refill yeah. it looks so, exactly so like a Parker.
0: you could get you could put anything in it anyway but the one that it comes with i believe is a schmidt and i think that these are generally considered to be some of the best ones and you uh there are a lot of companies out there that do the that um that use this particular one um i think actually moleskin might use it as well the same the same type of ink um, um i've never
2: tried but it's yeah, really the, really lovely
0: an amazing thing actually is if you could compare the squire pen with the moleskin pen i mean it's night and day the squire the squire pen is absolutely beautiful it's, it's beautifully machined it's got like a twist at the end it's, it's got like
2: this, the macbook pro of pens
0: yeah it's, it's it's absolutely beautiful and then the in comparison the moleskin one was just like a, a really weird squared off plastic thing it's very strange and you're just like well that's the difference between the two companies i think um
2: yeah definitely i mean the the only problem i've had is i forget to close this pen so i forget to put it in its you know twist it and, and make the the pen nib go up inside the pen right yeah so I put it in my bag, and I've had to kind of like ink leak central. So my bag is like covered in ink internally you now. It's my own fault, obviously, because I'm I'm used to not I'm used to having like a jet stream priming, which is very
0: yes, because it's not, it's like a, a hybrid, so it's not going to just leak out because this is a liquid. Exactly, uh, and, and so with I'm a just... with a liquid, if you if you put it next to a fabric, um, the liquid will transfer. That's just how it works. That's how liquids work. It will transfer into the material that it's uh, in contact with. Uh, they do actually do a little leather case for the Squire pen, by the way, just so you know.
2: Well, I'm thinking about putting it in my little leather case. I got, you know, one for everyone, that one from Japan. Oh, yeah. It's just that I don't really oh, know yeah. which, which to replace. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my bag's covered in ink, unfortunately. It's stained, but, you know, as is life, yes. um, well, things uh, have to have character. So I'm, I well,
0: yeah. I will um I will probably ask you about this again cuz I know you haven't had it a very long time yet so I'm going to I'm going to give you a little bit longer to um to to you know really get used to it cuz obviously the you know the the leather case takes a little while to wear in you've got yeah, um, that's that's a, the only a thing. notebook takes a while to kind of get its own feeling and obviously with the with the pen um you know you get used to it so I'll, I'll probably ask you about it again in the uh, in the future but I'm I'm Really pleased actually to to get a good look at some of this uh, Baron Fig stuff because I've been following them for a while and for some reason I just haven't and the problem is that I tend to I, I like notebooks and um uh, the Baron Fig one has actually been on my wish list for a while I just haven't got around to it because quite frankly I don't know how I would use it I don't know how it would fit in with my system and when I start looking at my system for 2018, I might look at, uh, uh, you know, trying different things, but they actually do some other accessories and other bits and pieces as well. And I think that basically Baron Fig came to, they started with a Kickstarter and they basically came to the industry uh, with new ideas. They're a new company. And this is why it's so interesting to see because they're just basically like, okay, we'll start with what's necessary to get our company up and running. They they treat it like, um, similar to software. They say they they treat it similar to software because what they do is they will iterate on it. If you buy, uh, one of their notebooks this year, they, they aren't guaranteeing that it's going to be exactly the same next year. If they decide that actually they want to tweak it and change the color of the ink that's used to print inside it, they will. Now Moleskin. Obviously, they do tweak it, but they don't say that they're going to tweak it. And for some people, it's a bit of a disappointment when they buy a new moleskin notebook and suddenly the lines are a different colour. Um, and with Baron Fig, they're kind of embracing that. They're saying look, if we if we really do think that that actually it should be a bit wider, we're going to make it wider. Yeah, um, and I think that's that's a really good thing. The other so they've got this kind of moleskin side of them, and the other thing is they've got this, they've got a field notes style side of them as well um because they do a ton of limited editions and uh, some of them are really nicely done they've got some really uh good looking uh, notebooks with their their more uh, soft style so they've got the hard backs obviously like uh, the moleskins and they've also got the soft ones as well um and they've got all these crazy designs um that they do they've had limited edition versions of the pen as well uh, I don't think they've had a limited editions of their pencil yet. They've got a standard pencil too, not mechanical, just a standard wood case pencil. But I, I feel like they're a new company, and they're somewhere between Moleskin and Field Notes, both of which we really like their stuff. Um, I think they're they're worth they're worth looking at, and you know, we'll catch up with you later, Jordan, and see how you feel about uh, about their stuff.
2: Mm, I, I think for me, I. I really do like it. I just wish there was more UK stock.
0: Yes, I do. I do. I do remember when I was looking uh, as if they were very, very easy to get hold of, I probably would have got one already. Oh yeah. Look, I'm just looking at the website now. Look at some of those. (laughs) Me too. Me too. Look at some of those. um, That weekly
2: pad planner. Oh,
0: I know. Look at that, that clear sky, soft color, limited edition Vanguard. Those colors. They're crazy absolutely beautiful um that askew hardcover limited edition sold out now but that was that was literally crazy uh the the lines in it were all over the place it was it was very it was like a special very special edition um kind of handmade um but in particular i think that that, that clear sky those colors they've got like those pinks and and oranges we'll put a link in the show notes but oh man wow. yeah really so, nice
2: yeah i'm thinking maybe the 2018 planner from Baron
0: Fig, yes, their their planners are again quite similar to the uh, moleskin layout, where you've got a and I, I was I was really fond of this, and I think y- you were too. This week, um, layout, you know, double page. Mm. So, you, so if you were using it as just a general kind of notebook, you would open it to that week, and you'd just that'd be your week. You for a whole week, you just sat down with this page open, and, and this is where you'd write all your stuff. And then they've got the overviews, and I believe they've got um note section as well. Speaking
1: um, of planners, Jules, are you planning to get a Hobonichi for the next year?
0: Yes, I'm going to get another Hobonichi, Hobonichi Techo um, standard uh, ASIC size for 2018.
1: Great, because I'm going to add on to your order then, because I'm going to get one as well.
0: Yes. So the, the, you, you get the planner. So you, you should probably be, you could get yours in the UK if I you could, wanted. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, they are, um, the, the, the version I use, which is the Japanese version is harder to get in the UK, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I will be doing an order actually from the Habanichi website directly. So yes, you can most certainly get in on that.
2: Gentlemen, software engineers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Craftsmen of the code, yeah. keyboard monkeys. Hey, yeah, uh,
0: keyboard, keyboard warrior, keyboard
2: My warrior, keyboard warrior. Like no, me. that has a
1: negative connotation.
2: No, it does not. It does. It? We, it's like a uh, fight keyboard. for. No. We fight for great justice.
0: Yeah, better than better than keyboard monkey. I don't. I don't know.
2: Be right back. My code is compiling. <laughs> you play computer um, games whilst your code's
0: compiling,
2: <laughs> right? So, guys, we've all got fairly different backgrounds from a software point of view.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Why, why don't we share how we got into this uh, domain of keyboard warrioring, starting with
0: Jules? Oh,
2: uh, goodness. Sorry, Andrew. <laughs> That's fine with me. How did you become the warrior
0: you are today (laughs) okay so i think really i probably need to go back in time quite a long way and i don't actually know the exact dates because i don't think i'm particularly good at remembering that kind of thing or, or but but if i go way back in time i grew up watching things like star trek and it inspired me to do a lot of drawings and kind of imagine things and, um, you know, one of the things in Star Trek that you got quite a lot was obviously the computers, particularly Star Trek Next Generation for me. And you had this kind of like, uh, what they call l uh, user interface. If you know Star Trek, you know what that means. If you don't, then it's, it's the, it's the black screens that they have Computer. on the enterprise. Yeah. Yeah. The voice as well, but it was harder to draw. I mean, I always thought about the voice, but it was harder to draw that and, what I would do is I would draw a lot of starships (laughs) and and I would also think about what the bridge would look like. And I would, I would draw a lot of user interfaces and I also, uh, you know, physically like I had, um, so that was all kind of stuff that I'd seen on television and physically I liked watches and I used to combine the two in my on uh, pieces of paper with pencils. I as I do have some old sketches somewhere, probably hidden in my parents' loft. Um, but I used to—I uh, promise I am getting somewhere. But I used to draw how I would want, like a watch to look with some software on it. And right to be—that's probably the f- the first time. I thought about software and I know that's not coding, but that's the first time I thought about software. And I, I used to, my favorite, a uh, kind of like the ultimate design for me was the idea of having this kind of watch that had essentially an AI, though I, it, you didn't really call it that then. It was a a computer on it that you would be able to have a conversation with. And I used to Draw to scale in my notebook what how what size the buttons would be, and how the software would work, and how you would be able to do this with it and do that with it, and all these other things and and I did also think about like how that would work with a um you know with a uh, there, there weren't really mobile phones like that then, but how that would work with like a tricorder from Star Trek and I think that inspired me and um you know, growing up, I got access to a number of computers and, um, you know, I always thought of computers as being this kind of thing from Star Trek. And then the real computers that I actually got my hands on were not quite as impressive. Um, I had a, a Commodore 64 and then, um, an Acorn, uh, an A3010, I think it was. Um, and you know, I, I did try to make stuff on these particularly on the acorn i tried to mess around and make stuff um and you know from there it kind of progressed to spending more time on the internet uh i was particularly interested in windows and i managed to get hold the first time i really had a go at coding was when i managed to get hold of a copy of visual basic um and I think like, you know, up to that point is important to, to me because I think that really shaped the way that I think about software. Cause I was actually thinking about experiences and I didn't really know anything about the code. I was just thinking about how to have a machine, particularly a device on my wrist, but whatever that did stuff that I wanted. And that imagination that I had from when I was a child was something that perhaps I had a go at trying to realize with Visual Basic for the first time. So that's, I think, I think that's how I first got into code. So like Visual Basic, um, what version was that? Oh goodness. I want to say three. I don't know. I was still in school.
1: I... And that story is like completely different to mine. Um, I don't really know why specifically I, I got into it. Um, I I was always interested in computers and messing around with you know things, and I was, I guess, what you would say, some kind of pro user at that age. You know, just more than the average person knew of how to use a computer. Um, and I actually started out making Windows applications, that was in VB six and VB dot easy
2: screenshot. Yeah,
1: was one of them. It was a good one. Started basically making um oh actually this goes back further. A long time before that, you uh when I was a kid you had things like Pixo and um
0: that is. Pixo?
1: It was a kind of like a social media thing for making your own page slash website that went huge and like people would make their own pixels or like kind of like MySpace profiles or whatever. It was interesting. Uh, and I did that. And the reason why is something so stupid. Um, I used to skate a couple of us used to skate and we wanted to put like videos and pictures and stuff on the internet. Um, so we did that and I, and I kind of built that and it was one of those sites where you didn't write much code, but you wrote bits of HTML or whatever. And then, uh, yeah, started making Windows applications, and then wanted to start showcasing them, making websites. So I did that, um, and it kind of just sped on from there. Really, um, like I always wanted to create stuff. If it was, you know, when I was a kid, it was Lego or something silly, or moving my room around into oh, le- Lego, Lego configurations sure. of, that I'd like. Um, so yeah, I, I started early, um, around eleven or twelve. Uh, Windows apps, making websites, freelancing, and then on to, to working in agencies and things like that. Yeah, your answer was much deeper than mine was. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I I don't know. I think I, I do find that that early kind of uh, imagination around software before I even tried to do it, I like when I think about it, like. Um, I always used to think that visual basic was my first experience of it, but then actually when I did, you know, actually kind of think about it, it was actually because of seeing things like in Star Trek. So, you know, I really liked Star Trek and, um, I I used to, yeah, I used to spend a lot of time with, um, drawing things like from it and, uh, apart from the, the the starships themselves, most of that was software and i just didn 't re- it took it took reflection on that to realize yeah. that that 's what it was I was doing because i didn't i didn 't know that that 's what I was doing then but i think that's that 's why I had this kind of like this passion for software because I had it for such a long time um and uh, by the way i looked i did just do a quick check and it was the first version of Visual Basic I used was, was Visual Basic 3. But I think I used it on Windows 95 because um, I remember the Visual Basic 3 logo. Uh, but but Visual Basic 4 was the version that came out in 95 mm-hmm. and I had that as well. Um, and I it think... wasn't until... Because cause you used Visual Basic .NET,
1: wasn't it? No. So uh, I used VB6, which was not right. .NET. And then but i also used vb.net and c-sharp.net as well
0: yeah so it wasn't until um it wasn't until i until i was working so I, it was the 2000 um, very very early 2000s that i started with the .net framework so as soon as as soon as the .net framework was out basically i'd, re- I'd read about it beforehand but I was, I was still using visual basic 6 at the time and, um, and I did switch to VB seven and then eventually C sharp, uh, basically as soon as, as soon as they came out, it was very, very early in the, the days of the .NET framework, mm. but I never, I never really touched a C plus plus before then. I went from, went from visual basic, classic visual basic to visual basic.net and then quickly to C sharp. Um, so there yeah. wasn't really a C or a C plus plusy type. My, uh, my introduction
1: basically to development and software engineering was very... It was just like I have an overall sense of creativity and if it wasn't, you know, making websites and making applications, it was building ramps and uh, making things out of Lego or configuring my room and making things to make uh, my room work in certain ways, you know, whatever that may Mm. be. So it wasn't anything, like, cognitive (laughs) in the sense that I wasn't, like, thinking about software and interactions and things like that. It was just... I wanted to create something, and I would try and find a way to do that, yeah, and make it outlet. work well. Uh, and I imagine Jordan's going to have another very deep cognitive
2: uh, introduction to his development world. I suppose. Uh, <laughs> I it started when I was in primary school, kind of year three or four. So I'm kind of been. I, I didn't really know how old that, that would have been, but I was like taking stuff apart when I was really, really young. And we're talking kind of seven years old. My dad used to have lots of old computers. Um, And I got an old Macintosh PowerPC 8600 when I was about seven, eight. Um, My first, well, it basically had a PowerPC processor in it, right? And when OS X originally came out, I really wanted it to run on that PPAL PC. <laughs> Let's just say I bricked the whole thing trying to get it to run. This is me as a seven-year-old. I was like trained and I, and obviously I at that point in time I didn't really comprehend the instruction instruction set architectures and how you know this operating system just would not run on this processor. Mm-hmm. So I bricked the computer and then took it apart and then you know that was me. Um, so I always, I always loved kind of just building stuff, taking stuff apart. Mainly electronics. I just was fascinated by it. And when I was in primary school, um, I played. This is funny because it relates to something we 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 uh, we talked about, which is RuneScape, right? Mm. RuneScape was around back then, and we, me and my friend uh, Simon at the time, uh, played RuneScape. And we just thought, how awesome would it be if we could create our own version of RuneScape? We could we could just give ourselves millions of GP and all the swords. <laughs> we wanted all the swords. So actually, my my first step into software properly was was actually game development, and um, it, let's just say it didn't go very well. <laughs> um, so if you can imagine, kind of being in primary school, my first, uh, I guess. IDE was actually called Fusion from oh, right. back then it was Macromedia. Yeah, Macromedia. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I built this kind of my dad he was a graphic designer but he did a bit of website stuff. So he gave me access to like FTP servers that I could then run a domain on and stuff like that. But I could never really work out how RuneScape worked from I knew it w- was written in Java in some form because it ran a Java applet. Yeah, it's very obvious about but that. But I he, yeah, because it said booting up Java, yeah. the Java runtime. And I was like, oh, I really want to do this. So I thought, oh, the best best thing is to to read a ColdFusion tutorial because the first thing I need to do is create a login page. And that was kind of where it started. Um, so from there, um, I tried to build a little game, starting with the login page. Let's just say I got to the login page bit and that's it. Um, and then what happened from there was it just didn't, ColdFusion, it just didn't really, it was not very easy to use for, for like a 10 year old kid by that point in time. So, um, what happened was I decided to start to look at proper game engines and this was, you know, a couple of years later, still really interested in game development Came across what is um, what was the Talk Game Engine? Talk Game Engine. Um, it was kind Sorry, of a proprietary. What, what is it called? Talk Talk Game Engine. How do you spell um, that? Uh, like in standard, like Car Talk. T O R Q U E.
0: Oh right, okay.
2: The Talk Game Engine was was designed by a company called Garage Games, and they basically had like an indie license, um, and a, there was like an open source kit that this community built called the TMMO kit which was for massive multiplayer online gaming builds so I was on this forum um, downloaded everything, realized used C++ or C or Boo which was a Python dialect at the time so I just started working I just started building, like following like looking at forums, looking at tutorials I obviously I had a basic understanding of how computers worked from taking things apart and and from there But, um, let's just say it went well enough, but, you know, by this point, 10, 11, 12 year old me writing C++ and not really understanding how, what's going on behind it. Like it's really easy to write, like, not necessarily copy and paste, but just, you know, look through tutorials and then, you know, hit compile. And from there you don't realise that underneath there is a compiler and it's mm. doing things and uh, then you've got like this interpreted language that's, that, that you can like script things in it's crazy and then you've got like terrain editors as well where you're like building terrain and maps and, and all this stuff is a really high level um, so you know you don't really understand how terrain's rendered you just know that you've got terrain editors and you can hit save because it was this full kit, it was great Any final comments then? Stay in school, actually don't, we dropped out <laughs> Yeah, that's
0: true. Yeah, don't, don't say it's cool. Don't bother with that. Just just write software.
1: <laughs> if you'd like to find the show notes for today's episode, go to slash nine. You can also find us on Twitter at mavispodcast. You can find me on Twitter at Andrew Halfway. You can find Jordan on Twitter at JordanismFire and Julian on Twitter at JulianK. Be sure to send us any questions over Twitter and we'll answer them on the show.